This podcast was funded in part by the UK Arts Council. Welcome to Inhouse, the podcast about creativity and confinement. My name's Will Hood, and this week I'm talking to Joel, who's recently finished an 18-month sentence at HMP Scrubs. At the age of 34, Joel has some hard-earned insights into what it means to be an artist, as well as the nature of prison life and reoffending. We hadn't met each other before, but I found him to be an articulate spokesperson for the role of the artist as a peacemaker. And I enjoyed this conversation very much. Hopefully you will too. My name is Joel. I was doing an 18 month sentence at Scrubs. Uh, that's how I met in-house. Learned a lot there. Then, uh, yeah, I came out a few months ago and uh, I-, I continued in-house at Pirate Studios. And yeah, still working with them due to the COVID. Uh, it's on pause. That's where I'm at right now. So, just been listening to your track this morning, which sounds great. I oh, re- thank you, Will. Yeah, I really, really like it, man. So, um, thank you. explain to me uh, what you're doing on that track. You're singing, you're playing guitar as well, are you? Yeah. And, and so, anything yeah, else? So, yeah, so I'm singing, playing guitar. So, basically, the track um, came from when I, was, when I was still inside. It's actually about my wife and uh, just like, you know, um, it's actually an underlining kind of message, but it's like, it's coming from like saying I saw her name in stars and things like that. How I feel deeply about it and the things that we've been through, how I visualize and see her inside. I'm still kind of discovering myself as an artist and kind of seeing what my, what my forte is as an artist. And uh, I think that's really the kind of artist I am, the kind of, you know, that's love making track, <laughs> love making track kind of guy, you know. anybody who cares as long as I'm someone to you the world it starts yeah. off with a um, a really touching um, line of I don't care if I'm a nobody to anybody so there's this self-deprecation that you that you open the whole song which um, for me it kind of sets up this vulnerable state yeah this, was, yeah, this was while I was still inside. So, um, the line where um, that, um, that I start off with, uh, I don't care if I'm a nobody to anybody, is, is uh, there's a lot of things involved in that. It's, um, it's, it's, the char- it's the character that I am. So, in society, in the world that, in the world that we live in, um, people validate themselves through you know, material means, material gains, you know, like with some people, they have to have a, you know, flash, uh, uh, a flashy watch, you know, with some people, they have to have, you know, uh, expensive clothes. And uh, I'm, I've always been, I've always been a person where, you know, if it looks good, you know, and it does the job, it gets me from A to Z, I'm happy, you know. My clothes from head to toe doesn't have to be worth £2,000 in total. If it's worth £100 in total, but I look good from head to toe, I'm happy. And it's from Primark, I'm happy. I don't have to be happy because other people now validate me because of material gains or because of a certain thing. If I'm nobody to you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. As long as long as I mean the world to the person I love, that's all that matters.
when was there a moment uh, as a child or as a young man when music first announced itself as something important in your life? Was there was there that one artist or music video or, or experience? Do you remember a moment? I remember. I remember a few, loads of moments. I've, I've always, I've always loved music from when I was a kid. You know, I've always loved music from when I was a kid. Uh, I was born in Congo, so when I was three, my mum went over to France, left me with my dad in Congo. So there was this kind of, um, there was this group, right? Uh, but it was like a hall, but but outside hall, and uh, there was this group playing, um, this band that was playing, and everybody knew them in like in the town. And I memorized their steps, I memorized their dance moves and everything. And I went up and uh, it was like, yeah, who wants to come up? And I put my hand up. So they saw this three years old, like that three year old kid, like put their hand up and like, yeah, and like, what? Really? Can you, can you, can you actually do our choreography? So I came up and I did the um, choreography. I did it from beginning to end. And people were like, went crazy. And like, uh, they started, because like they do this thing where they come up and like, get, give you money if you're really good. So like you, you, you got all these people that coming up and like, whoa, that kid is amazing, that kid is amazing. They're like giving me money. And then I just remember my auntie, my auntie coming from nowhere, coming to that place because she didn't believe in things like that. She was just like, no, don't be here. Like these are bad people. You know, these are bad people. But I think, you know, that they'll be, you know, like uh, had the lifestyle of, you know, drinking, going into bars and things like that. So obviously I'm a kid, I don't know this. So she come in and she just came on the stage and took me off and took me home, you know, whooped my ass. <laughs> and uh, but, but, but for some reason, take, uh, took the money off me and kept the money. Ah, so that's, that, a, that's <laughs> a great twist at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, so... so um, that's fascinating, think, yeah. though, man. That, that sets it up, you know, like the narrative of... Uh, first of all, music is powerful, right? It has the power to not only capture your attention and your enthusiasm, but also to offend, right? You know, your your yeah, aunt yeah. was was offended by this. This isn't something that, you know, should be um, should be happening. I, I that yeah. that's a that's a, a great story for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I mean it, it affected me in a negative way though, because I came off that thinking I you know, I did something really bad. Because it was only, you know, at the age of, uh, what, what was I say, what, tw- I think I was, you know, mid-20s when I went into jail that I, th- I thought, okay, let me learn the guitar. It, it's fascinating that uh, it, it took going to prison in order to set you Get up to... Get me back, yeah. Well, I guess to give you the time, was it as, as partly giving you the time to learn an instrument or, or, or the space? Yeah. Or- yeah, yeah, they gave me the time because, uh, yeah, yeah, like life out here, I guess, yeah, it was way. If if, if I'd never if, if I'd never gone in, I, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd never would have learned the guitar. I, I just, there's just too much going on out here for you to sit down and because when I learned, I had to take hours, hours and hours every day. At first, I was playing like four, like like six, four to six to ten hours a day just to get just to get the hang of it and go past the, you know, your, your fingers hurting and things like that and to, to, just to stick with it. So I, I don't see myself doing that if I never went inside. So you mentioned um, a few sentences back there. Uh, you were talking about Joel, the artist. So you were saying that you're still discovering, developing yourself as an artist. 
what does that mean to you that that label or that identity of being an artist yeah so for me it's, it's key because um uh like i think i think we're all kind of uh, like we've all been given different talents as as artists like you have artists that you know that can write the songs themselves and sing them and go into other genres and the artist that i'm discovering that i am when when i concoct my own um um sort of um recipe you know and cook it up then i'm you know i'm an i'm an artist of my own and you I, and i feel like i really I, I i can hear myself and i feel myself that you know it makes me feel like an artist whereas if if i take on others i don't really feel myself at all i kind of feel myself being a shadow of someone else so i the, like discovering myself in that sense makes me want to go into you know writing my own stuff more and more as i feel that's where i that's that's um that's where i shine it's a really interesting idea isn't it that um that the artist is somebody that uh, at least strives to create something new, right? Rather than just, um, you know, retelling other people's stories. That may not always be 100% original, right? Because we're all influenced by other people. But wh why do you think the world needs artists? I mean, do we need artists? Do we need more love songs? I mean, um, what purpose does it play for other people, do you think? Oh, I think, I, I think we definitely need more love songs because music is a powerful is a powerful tool is a powerful uh, uh, hypnotic tool I use the word hypnotic because you you only have to listen to a track especially a, a melodic track you only have to listen to it once or twice and before you know it without even thinking you start humming it so if the message in what you're suddenly humming if the message is positive it's likely to have a positive uh, um, reaction in you. And if it's a negative, it's likely going to provoke something negative in you. In there being more love songs, oh, I definitely think, I definitely think that's, a, that's a necessity. I think there's always room for love, you know? I think love is top of the scale. There's always room for love. And anything that can inspire love, I, I believe should be welcome. Let's give uh, your story a little bit of context, if, if we can. So tell me about when you met the in-house lot. What was going on with you? What was your situation at that time? Um, well, the situation at the time was basically, you know, to be honest, it's, uh, you, want, you want something to occupy your mind. You know, you want something to occupy your mind. And unfortunately, being somewhere like prison, it's very easy to have the wrong thing occupy your mind. There's a lot of activities going on that's negative and wouldn't occupy your mind in a positive way. Because the time that I did, a year and a half, uh, and the kind of person I am, I was well behaved. They didn't move me around, so I ended up doing the whole sentence there. Because, you know, uh, uh, um, Scrubs is basically about half an hour away from me. Uh, yeah, I just, I just kept, I just kept my head down. So when you say half an hour away from me, you mean where you're living now? <clears throat> where you're yeah, living now? Yes. Yeah. Yes, literally, yes, literally half an hour away from my house. Maybe even less. 
That must be quite crazy to be half an hour away from your house <laughs> and your kids for a year and a half, and then yeah, yeah, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's 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 like a mind. Uh, it's like a mind buggle. Yeah, yeah. My my kids, my wife, they're just half an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's forty-eight percent of people that leave prison are back in there within the year, right? Yeah, yeah, but much, much, much sooner than that. Right. I, th- I yeah, I think a, four a, months a is the hot is, time. But yeah, but but go on. Yeah, yeah. A year is a year is uh like for the, I'd say for a lot of them a year is a year is a long time. They don't they don't they don't they don't last a year outside. The majority of them. Okay, that that's interesting. Saying lasting a year outside, what what do you think's going on there? It's been institutionalized. This uh, it's getting because it's it's very hard to keep yourself occupied in a positive way. You know, it's very hard. It's from being in there that attracts you back in there. Okay, because of yeah, the people it's, it's that not, you meet from, and the life that you um, yes. feel that you're part of. Yes, yes. It's not really from being out here. It's from being in there in the first place. Because when you go in, right, initially, when you first go in, you, you like, if you've never been in before, the, the majority, you're like, you know what? Whoa, nah, forget this. I'm never coming back here, boy. I'm never coming back here. I'm never coming back here. So do, do you remember your first day then when you when you went in? I mean, what was that like? first day yeah oh i think it's best to say i remember my first two weeks it felt it just felt like it was the worst thing i i because I, I, I remember not eating like i remember not eating for two weeks okay oh, what like, just because yeah. you were so freaked out at where you found yourself yeah yeah i was so freaked out um because you know like obviously it was the first time being in there and uh like it just just a whole different the whole difference in routine life suddenly just seeing bars around you all the time and you know you're now just a number being locked into a cell with a with a stranger you don't know you've never met and you've got no choice but to be in there and your bed is like a half a meter away from the toilet and there's nothing covering it nothing oh just uh, and then the food being so drastically different tasting different uh oh uh, it was it was just terrible it was terrible i hated it i don't care if i'm a nobody to anybody. even though when you're going out you, you know everyone say yeah don't come back and you're like well no i'm not coming back i'm not coming. but everything that you've heard and went through and people you met you know got introduced to and things you found out and you're likely to go out and mingle with those people and try a few of those things for yourself and you you basically then get the same energy as as those rotten apples you know that make these sentences look like you know child's play yeah it's like oh oh, oh it's literally the conversations are like oh what how long did you get for that oh two years oh, oh 2d1 oh i'll do that in my sleep i'll do that in my sleep oh that's minor oh you know things like that and it's like if you you if you're not strong you can easily think to yourself well 
okay, well, yeah, well, it's true. Well, yeah, if it's if it's if it's minor to them, yeah, then it's minor to me as well because you're thinking, well, you know what? The worst case scenario, yeah, it is minor. You know, uh, what two do one? Yeah, yeah, it goes quick anyway. You know, and if I don't get caught, then I'm gonna have this amount, or I'll have this much, or I would I would have gained this. So it's not a total loss. You know, things like you start thinking stupidly. I'm going nowhere to anybody. Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, man. I'm really, um, thank you for sharing yourself so um, eloquently. There's loads of great insights there, so really thank you for your time. Yeah, no problem, well, man. I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Look after yourself. You take care. Thanks for everything, Joel. All right. Bye. No worries. Bye. Bye. find out more about the world's only prison-run record label, go to inhouserecords.org. That's all one word, inhouserecords.org. And if you'd like to hear more of these interviews, please hit subscribe if you can on whatever platform you use for podcasts. The In-House Podcast is an APA production for In-House Records.